You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You are listening to episode 116. Now, darling, before we jump into this week's episode, I have an exciting announcement. For the first time, I'm coming into state to run the Well Women Retreat Day. Now, if you're new around the block here, I run a beautiful retreat day for women. It's a one-day event where we gather as a collective group of women, and it's an intimate space to explore and delve into what it means to live as a cyclical woman. We explore your menstrual cycle, emotional eating, your senses, activating sensuality. We talk about femininity, masculinity, and the embodiment of the feminine, along with all the cycle chat that you love, hormones, natural contraception, obviously healthy fertility, and how to live in a cyclical way through eating through your cycle, moving through your cycle. This all happens in one day event, not to mention I cook and feed you delicious food. And this year in 2021, I'm taking these events domestically here in Australia. You can also join us online if you're tuning in from overseas. I do live stream these events too, and I have a live stream available on my website at wellsome.com forward slash shop. However, if you want to join us in person, you can do so. This coming May, I am going to be in Newcastle on Sunday, May the 2nd at the Twine Yoga Studio. If you head to the link in my Instagram bio, you will find available links to both this current event, the Newcastle event on May the 2nd, Sunday, May the 2nd. But then four weeks after this, I'm going to be adventuring to Victoria where I'll be visiting Melbourne City. And in the city at Seddon at the beautiful Gather Space, I'll be hosting this same event, the Well Women Retreat Day in Melbourne on Sunday, May the 31st. So if you'd love to join us in person, we will be in Newcastle at the beginning of May and Melbourne at the end of May. And I would love to see you there. With these events happening just in a month's time, they're almost 50% sold out. So don't hesitate. If you'd love to come and join us, I would love to meet you in person, wrap my arms right around you and give you a big fat squeeze and then bathe you in cyclical living, joy, education, and lots and lots of fun analogies. So these events again are happening on Sunday, May the 2nd in Newcastle, New South Wales. And then we have our Melbourne City event happening on the 31st of May. That's Sunday, the 31st of May. You can find both of the links to these tickets in my Instagram. If you go to my Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily and the bio there, you'll find direct links. Of course, additionally, you can always find them on my website too. I can't wait to meet you. But now let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, beautiful. Today on the show, I am joined by Becca Tetzloff. She is a clean beauty, natural skincare, holistic living guru. Yes, I called her a guru, but she's also a blogger, a wife, and a dog mom who lives in northern United States. Now, after firsthand seeing the benefits of switching to natural lifestyle herself, she's become passionate about helping women make the switch to clean beauty products, organic skincare, and a holistic way of living too. In her spare time, she loves drinking coffee, hiking with her husband and dog, practicing Spanish and doing beret workouts, along with traveling. But she has a huge passion for skin health and skincare. So in this episode, I invited Becca onto the show to dive into the skincare industry, how we can choose good quality skincare for our overall health, along with our skin health. 
Now, back on episode 98, we talked about cycle acne. I was joined by Katie Stewart and we talked all about how to stop hormonal cycle acne. If you haven't listened to that episode, scroll back to episode 98. But today in this episode, it's not about acne. It's about the products we use in our skin and how they contribute to our health, but also how they can either benefit or hinder our health. So in this episode with Becca, we talk about switching to cleaner skincare products, ingredients to avoid in your skincare. The skincare industry in general, we really dive into the regulations and the lack of regulations that are out in the industry of skincare around the world, how to make the healthiest switch. So if you're wanting to really go from having you know the products you've currently got and making them either organic or cleaner and healthier for your skin and overall health, this is the episode for you. We talk about what you can actually look for when you're choosing these products. And of course, Becca gives us her top skincare products that she loves to use on a daily basis and her daily skincare tips. So if you're looking at ravishing, glorious skin for the rest of your life, so if you're looking to better understand how to choose products for your health when it comes to skincare and what to use and what's important, what's just a bunch of bollocks, this is the episode for you. Enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off. Becca, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Gemma. I'm so honored to be here. And I love seeing your bright, smiley, happy face. (laughs) Thank you. Give a visual to all the listeners who don't get to see our faces. Well, you look really nice and cozy wearing all green in your dark little house at the moment, being the fact it's the middle of winter for you. Yeah, I'm hibernating over here. (laughs) Speaking of hibernating, as we jump into it, tell us like what day of your cycle are you on today and how are you feeling in this moment? What are you checking in with? So I'm on day five. Um, I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Um, I'm kind of just, you know, finishing bleeding and everything, and I don't have cramping or anything. I'm out of that, so I'm kind of like, all right, ready to go. <laughs> so I've been feeling, yeah, I've been feeling productive today and yesterday, and kind of like just getting over that slump. So I'm in a good spot. Awesome. I love that. Like when you said hibernating, I'm like, oh, I wonder if she's in her inner winter and you're just coming out of that. So it's Mm -hmm. like perfect. It's one thing I really miss in Australia is we don't, like where I live specifically anyway, in a tropical location, which all sounds beautiful to all the people that want to be in a tropical location. But I don't really get the full four seasons of the year. And I do kind of miss that, Um, you know, so it's hard when it's kind of sunny and semi-warm and people still swimming at the ocean for you to like, you know, I'm just going to hibernate in my house. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's definitely something I take for granted because it's like, it's easy for me in the middle of winter to be like, wow, I really hate this place. I need to get out of here. But it really makes you appreciate like 
when it is summer and it is nice out, you're like, I'm going to take full advantage of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, totally. Uh, I'm all about brace, embracing all the four seasons. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking all about skin and everything and what it means to have clean skin and healthy bodies and healthy skin. And before we jump into it, share with our listeners, Becca, like, who are you? And how did you get to become like organically Becca on Instagram and what it is that you do online? Yeah. So my background is nothing to do with like skincare or clean beauty or anything like that. I went to school for web and graphic design and I've just kind of been like a computer nerd growing up and like all of that. So for me, how I kind of became interested in all this was a health scare. So I had acne in high school and then again, um, kind of in my earlier 20s. Um, as I came to find out later, that was triggered by a couple different things, but one of the main reasons was coming off the pill. So mm, okay. yeah, so it was just like a very big whirlwind and caused me to do all sorts of research and um, essentially was like, the moment I realized like skincare is a reflection of kind of what's going on inside your body. It's not just like, oh, you're using this one cream and you're going to have an amazing skin. Like it's just, it's all from within. It's all connected. It's, I, I started learning about it from a very holistic approach. Um, And so I guess more to tie that into like my background and how I became organically Becca. Mm -hmm. um, I was finding all these natural remedies and really getting into skincare and getting really excited about it. I saw how it was helping me firsthand. So I was kind of like, why don't other people know about this stuff? Um, I was just really excited about it, wanted to share about it. So I just started my blog, like as a side hobby, it was not anything serious. It was like just little informal pictures of products I was testing and using and loving. And eventually it started you know, I treated it more serious as like a business and turned it into something more than just a little hobby blog. But yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of how I got started. Wow. I love that. I feel so many people that I connect with, their journeys of where they are here has all been from a personal experience. You know, it's something that's happened in their own body, in their own health. Um, There are so many questions that I could ask about skin health, because I feel that women specifically males too but I know a lot of the female population is very attached to their appearance and I like there's so many paradigms on that from like centuries ago that we still have in the world today but you know if we don't feel confident in the way that we look that affects our confidence in everything um but tell us you mentioned really briefly about you know acne and your journey with coming off the hormonal contraception like the pill Tell us a little bit about that before we get into um, skin health, because I know that a lot of listeners, you know, are going through that same journey and they're scared of coming off the hormonal hormonal contraceptive pill because they're like, oh, but I don't want to get acne or I don't want this to happen or I don't want that to happen. So what was your journey? Yeah. So um, I feel like at the time I really didn't know that like that would even be a thing. Like you come off the pill and you get acne. I just was a little naive to everything. Um, And I know a lot of people like the reason they go on the pill is because they have acne or that's what their doctor tells them. Like, you know, this will fix all your problems basically. Um, But in my mind, it's kind of just like a bandaid approach. Um, 
And I guess if I would have done it all differently now, like there's so many resources I've seen for like, when you do come off the pill, here's how you can support your body. Here's what nutrients you might be depleted in and all that. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to pretend to know like the ins and outs of that. But I think that's just, your body can just be thrown so off balance and so out of whack from all the hormones and everything. So again, that's just the skincare part of it's just a reflection of like things are going crazy and your body's trying to like come back to a state of normalcy and it's being reflected with acne. So that's kind of what I experienced. I didn't know. I didn't know what was like, at first I didn't make the connection that like, Oh, you went off the pill and now you're Mm. experiencing this acne. I kind of just thought like, did my skincare change? Did, um, you know, what, what's changed in my like skincare routine or my makeup that's causing this acne. And then I think one day I was like, wait, what else has changed in my life? I came off the pill and it was like months later that I was experiencing this acne. So then I think I just slowly pieced it together. And then I was like, oh, pretty sure that's why I'm experiencing this. Mm, mm. It's like a question I would love to ask you is how did you prepare for coming off the hormonal contraceptive pill? Because that's where a lot of women are at, you know, in that journey of preparing to come off the pill. But it sounds like you did a little bit like me and just went cold turkey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for me, it was more like, I just didn't like how I felt when I was on the pill. Um, I just didn't feel like myself. I was super moody. um, And I started also like just learning about like how maybe it's not the best thing for you. Um, Mm. And I'm obviously like very, try to do things more holistically if I can. So I think that was kind of the main um, factor, I guess, for me. But yeah, I, again, like I said, I was, I was young and I was very naive about a lot of things too, where I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah. I was much the same actually. <laughs> so yeah. tell us, how did you become interested in switching to cleaner products? Like you mentioned your story you know, and the journey that you had, but was there a pivotal moment where you were like, Oh, cause I know for me, you know, I, was I was still on the pill at this stage but I had moved out I'd broken up with a long-term partner and I'd moved out and I was cleaning up all the books and my mom had brought me this book called Gorgeous Skin in 30 Days and she brought it for me when I was 18 and I was like mom I ain't ready to read this book <laughs> you know I'm 18 I'm no I don't have wrinkles <laughs> and um it was wasn't it was around the age of 22 23 that I re-stumbled across this across this book Anyway, I read the whole book front to back. I took heaps of notes. The notes that I took in that book are still in my pantry today. I've moved house multiple times and I still put them in the pantry and it's all around food that reflects in your skin health. And I threw all my products out and I started making everything from scratch. Wow. And my flatmate at the time thought I was bananas and also very angry at me because we had so many ants in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) because I was like, how many sugar scrubs can you put in the shower? (laughs) So tell us what was your journey and your pivotal point of like switching to cleaner products. And then we'll talk about like, what is a cleaner product and clean products? Yeah. So, I mean, the acne thing was a huge wake up call for me, but I think like, you know, as a teenager, I kind of was into wellness. And at the time, I guess I thought all that was, was like, you know, eating salads and exercising. And it's like, you kind of learn more and more. And then you realize it trickles into like so many different aspects So I guess it was like a slow evolution for me. Um, Other than my skin issues, I wouldn't say there was like one big moment where I was like, you know, had to 
do a full switch of everything. Um, I essentially was just like, you know, I was trying to eat organic food and I kind of realized like there's these ingredients that are allowed in food. And then I think I kind of maybe followed people online that were kind of talking about beauty or I just made the connection that like, well, wait, why am I concerned about the food I'm eating, but not what I'm putting on my skin, not what I'm bringing into my home and the products I'm using. So it kind of just like slowly all came together where once you realize like, you know, you can try to do better in one aspect of your life, it really like trickles into so many different aspects. So um, I think I was learning about like the lack of regulation that um, when it comes to like ingredients and what's allowed to be used in cosmetics and skincare and all that. So then I was like, wait, what's all this like conventional stuff I'm using that like, you know, is sold to you, but doesn't necessarily mean it's like safe and natural and good for you and all that. So yeah, it was just kind of a slow evolution for me. Oh my God. Let's talk about that. So some of the listeners might, might already know this, but for your knowledge is I used to work in nutritional manufacturing as a food science formulator. So the regulations around food, I knew very well that the consumers aren't taught, told or taught about. And even a lot of big brands don't know about until, you know, they come to get a product manufactured and formulated by myself. And then they don't know all these different regulations around food and some things that are not very regulated, you know, like, I could bore you with so many stories, but tell me about skincare because I know the skincare industry has a totally different kind of regulation. It's like I recently brought new bed sheets and I was and pillows and I was looking for the combination and the overview of what was used in the product, but they don't have to put it on the packaging. Mm, yeah. So tell. So let's talk about skincare and the regulations about you know like skincare with conventional beauty and um, the skincare products that are out there today? So I think the big thing is like, there really isn't much regulation. So that's kind of why it's kind of daunting and I think pretty serious, but it's like, there hasn't, at least in the US, I'm not sure what it's like over by you, but um, there hasn't been a major law passed since like 1938. And that's in regards to like, what's allowed in products. and over here in the US, they only ban like a dozen ingredients in personal care products. So um, if you go over to like Europe, for example, they're a lot stricter and that's like 1300 ingredients that they ban. So it's kind of just like. Hang on, let's talk about those. No, let's just refresh those numbers again. So in the, in the Europe, the, the EU area, how many ingredients are banned? 1300. 1300. And in the in United States or North America? Only a dozen excuse my language, but holy fuck, we're kind of missing a few zeros there. (laughs) We need to get with the times. I mean, it's, I think that was one of the main things I heard and was like, um, is this for real? Repeat it. Cause I was like, hang on a second. Let's just do the, let's, let me just get out my abacus and let's do the math on that. (laughs) But that's a lot. I know. And like you, so many people think like, oh, you know, over in the U S like they probably have stricter laws about safety and everything. And it's like, no, that's, when it comes to skincare and makeup and stuff, it's, it's kind of wild and shocking. And um, I never like to come at clean beauty at like a fear standpoint. I always try to make it really fun, but I think that's a really important point to get people on board to like why it's even important in the first place. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think education is super important because 
there's a, there's stuff that people don't have to teach. You know, you don't have to know where, what's a good example? You don't have to know where the vanilla flavoring comes from and what's in that vanilla flavoring ingredient in the protein powder that you purchase. And that's just because you just trust the fact that if it's on the shelf, it must be good for you, right? Yeah, that's the main thing. It's like you kind of assume, oh, this is a big company. You know, they've been around for a long time. They have chemists and formulators on their team. So you kind of just think like, okay, they've already done the work for me. It's on the shelf. It's it's good for me, right? Like, I think that's how it's been for so long with people. And now people are finally waking up to the fact that it's like, uh, you kind of have to be your own advocate. You kind of have to research. You have to look into these things because a lot of times these bigger companies don't necessarily have your best interests. It's kind of like, how can we make this product super cheap? How can we get it to like thousands and thousands of people without spending too much money? You know, it's like, it's just, you really have to take things into your own hands. So that's kind of where I'd like to approach it from. Yes. Okay. Well, let's talk about taking it into our own hands. And before we do, I think it's important for people listening to know that there's different types of gradings of products. And so what I know about the food industry is there's two types of like regulations and gradings. There's food standard and then there's pharmaceutical standard. And I've talked about this in different episodes around nutrition, like um, supplements, nutritional products, and then food that you buy in the store. And I would love for you to share what this is around skincare, but these ones in food is the food standard is like when you go to the baker and you're buying a loaf of bread, they don't tell you every single ingredient that's in the bread. You're just like, oh, it's a wholemeal loaf. That's what I want. I'm going to buy that loaf. (laughs) But then a pharmaceutical grading, people don't resonate or like kind of link that with normal products. They just think pharmaceutical is drugs, but pharmaceutical manufacturing is that everything that's on that like in that product has to be on the label and it has to be a hundred percent transparent. Whereas food standard is like 80% of the stuff that's in the product can be on the label and the other 20% we'll just put it on if it, if we want to. (laughs) And companies can voluntarily manufacture to pharmaceutical standards. So they can put their hand up and say, we'll pay the extra hundreds of thousands of dollars every year to make products to this standard, because that's, you know, entrusting a good consumer but the consumer doesn't know that that even exists. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of loopholes in the food industry, like I'm sure there is in the skin industry. So what are some of the, I guess, the standards that are in the food industry? And then, I'm sorry, the skin is, the, food, the standards that are in the skin industry. And then I'd love for you to share what we should look out for. So what are yeah. the standards? So. I guess that's where it's a little bit different where like, you know, you can go to the store and look for cereal that has, at least here, we have the USDA organic symbol and mm-hmm. you kind of know it's got that like certain level of ingredients that are, are organic. Um, for skincare, like there's really not many certifications and there's a lot of jargon and a lot of terms that get thrown around, but there's again, no regulation behind them. So um skincare and makeup they can use the organic seal like which they got to pay for it basically ensures they've got a certain amount of organic ingredients but that really isn't used much or at least I haven't 
really see that used much because a lot of these brands are like smaller, so they can't necessarily afford to get certified and mm. have all their, you know, everything vetted and tested. Um, there are some more like smaller um, certifications, like one over here is called Made Safe. And that's like a nonprofit that kind of goes through and vets everything, make sure they aren't using certain ingredients. But again, it's like these labels can be so confusing because people probably just look for uh, a green bottle or something that looks like it's got bamboo on it. It says natural, it says botanical, plant-based, like all these things that kind of make you feel like it's more natural. And then people are like, okay, this is good for me. But the biggest thing you have to do all the time is like literally just go straight to the ingredient list and you need to become familiar with the actual ingredients themselves because I don't think it's ever good to like rely on what the front of the package says where it's like everything's natural everything's like good for you and pure because it's just like so much can just slide underneath that without people actually knowing what's going on so again it's mm -hmm. just like you have to learn ingredients and that's the biggest thing. I know it's a lot of work because ideally you could just look at something and within one second know if it's good or not. But yeah, ingredient labels are the big thing. Wow. It's so true. Like even, you know, when you go to buy soil, like a bag of soil from like the hardware store or like the, you know, here in Australia we have Bunnings, which is kind of like Walmart, but on steroids for homes is that, um, you know, it's the bag says organic soil, but it's not certified organic. Why? Because anything that comes from the earth is considered an organic matter. Yeah, like all sand at the beach is an organic matter, whether it's got sunscreen sprayed all over it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, there's so many little loopholes and education is so important. So what are the things that we could look out for and should look out for if, you know, we're listening to this episode and we're thinking, hey, all right, I want to clean up my skincare regime, you know, but when I go to buy the next product at the store or online, you know, what are some things that, you know, we should look out for and avoid? Yeah. So um, the biggest, like big no-no ingredients, I guess. So um, if I ever see fragrance on a label, that's like an automatic no for me um, that could come that can look like so many different things that can be like parfum, um, perfume. It can be, um, like essential oil blend, even like, again, it's like the word fragrance can contain like so many different things within it that it's just like, that's kind of the main thing I look out for. If I see that, I'm like, Nope, I don't want to use this. Um, another thing is parabens. So those are, um, that can be like methylparaben, butylparaben, propylparaben, um, those have actually been found like in breast tissue. So they're um, preservatives, but they can kind of linger around. Um, another thing is phthalates. So that's not one you'll see, like if you read an ingredient list, that's one that's kind of within the fragrance thing. It basically helps mm -hmm. it like linger. So, you know, you spray on a perfume and you smell it like a week later, that's because the phthalates. Um, another big one is talc. Um, I don't know about over by you, but in um, here, there was a company, uh, Johnson & Johnson, they had baby powder and they used talc in it and people were getting ovarian cancer. So, um, Isn't it again, called talcum powder? Yeah, talcum powder. Because it's got talc in it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's baby powder over here, not talcum powder. So I think people yeah. didn't realize like 
what it, what was actually going on. Um, so that's a big one. And then sulfates are huge. So those are usually found in like shampoos, toothpaste, mm-hmm. things that get like really foamy. Um, but those can actually like cause like inflammation and cause your skin layers to like separate. So it's, um, it's just one that can be like really inflammatory. And then again, like the chemical sunscreens are a big one. So um, things like oxybenzone, like there's a whole list of, which I can provide to you after, but there's like a whole list of like the chemical sunscreens versus the mineral sunscreens, which are more like the zinc oxide and the titanium dioxide. But um, it's like, we're putting on sunscreen to help prevent skin cancer when it's actually containing uh, ingredients that, that are, skin cancer. yeah. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes it's just really backwards, but, um, again, those are kind of like the big things to look out for as you get more familiar with reading ingredient labels and you start to notice like these different ingredients, it'll, it'll become more second nature. But yeah, at first you probably like tur- turn over a label and are like, there's like 40 things here. I don't know sure. what I'm supposed to look out for. <laughs> exactly. It's funny with food, I always say to people, just go as close to nature as possible. Yeah. You know, the least amount of ingredients, the least amount of packaging, the better. And it was actually interesting. A friend asked me, talking about sunscreen. So living in Australia, sunscreen's like a big deal. You know, like we got this ozone layer where we get the extra hot sun. <laughs> we yeah. get burnt real easy. Is that, you know, sunscreen's heavily, heavily marketed here because it's such it's a lifestyle. You know, we wear sunscreen year round. Like my mum wears sunscreen to work every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> like cause she's in the sun, you know, um, working at a school, but it's interesting. Someone asked me like, you know, what kind of sunscreen do you wear? And I was like, Oh, I wear zinc. And they're like, Oh really? What kind? I was like, well, it's surf zinc. So it's for, sur- it's branded for surfers and it's like got four ingredients in it and it's thick like zinc. And it looks like you've painted your face like yeah. a clown. And you know, I don't wear sunscreen anywhere else in my body. I put it on my decolletage, on my chest and on my face because I'll never forget when I was a swimwear designer, my boss always used to say, Gemma, you can cover the rest of your body up, but your face and your decolletage, you got to protect for the rest of your life. And so <laughs> I was like, literally, I'll be the girl at the beach in a bikini with my sarong around my neck, <laughs> just covering my decolletage. But with zinc, it's interesting because that product, and like I'm really being open here, I actually use that as makeup, like as a foundation. I don't use foundation. I use that and I mix it with a little bit of either um, jojoba oil or coconut oil or vitamin E oil. And then I just thin it out. And then I use that as makeup if I have to wear makeup somewhere, like for a long period of time. And it doesn't come off my face, no matter how much I sweat, no matter if it rains, because <laughs> it's... Yeah. Yeah, that's, no, that's awesome. I think it can be hard when people first switch over from like the chemical Mm. sunscreens to the mineral sunscreens, because like it sits on your skin versus the chemical ones like seep into your skin. So the mineral stuff like literally is providing like a physical barrier on your skin. So, I mean, it totally depends how it's like formulated. Like there's some that can look super white and pasty and make you look like a ghost. But then if it's like, you know, diluted or tinted or whatever like it's a lot better so yeah it's an adjustment but it's it is better for you I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health and how to reconnect with your body. 
Every month, our Well Women Access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. For those listening who would like to make an adjustment, you know, what are, like, where would you start if you wanted to make the switch to going to like a cleaner style product. Um, and a question I would love to ask too is like, what is your skincare regime? Like what kind of products do you use? But let's talk about making the switch first. Okay. So I think you shouldn't ever like just completely try to just throw everything away and start fresh within a day because that's just going to like drive you crazy and make you go broke. So, and you'll um, probably fail. Yeah. And you'll probably fail. And like, for me, it took me probably like two years to fully get to a place where I was comfortable and swapping everything out. Um, so I always like to tell people that because I think they real, I think they think like, oh my gosh, everything I'm using is horrible. I need to like make all these changes within like a week. So it's like, just take your time with it. But, um, a good rule of thumb is like, just switch out products as you use them up. So if your deodorant is empty, get a new one, you know, same thing with your shampoo or whatever, but Um, On top of that, like think about things you're using the most often. So if you paint your nails or if you wear a lipstick like once a year, then don't make a big deal about trying to use something perfectly organic and whatever. Like um, that's why I mentioned like deodorant, because that's something people are using, you know, every day. Usually sometimes they apply it multiple times a day because they're sweaty. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just think about things you're using frequently and like kind of prioritize it that way. So I think eventually if you just do that, you'll slowly swap things out and then you'll be like, oh, look at that. I already like have half my routine taken care of. So just give yourself some grace with it and go slow with it. I think it's the same thing too, when you're trying to clean up the products that you use in your home to clean your home. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly the same thing. So great tip. Um, what does your skincare regime look like? Like what is like what are the core products that you use that you think are essential um, for healthy skin? Um, and how do you, and then we'll talk about how you choose them. Okay. So I think people, I mean, this is just how the world works with like marketing and everything. And like I think people think they need to have like a 20 step skincare routine and 50 different products and, you know, like creams for this and serums for that. And it's like, you really don't. And like, and in fact, it can be too much for your skin if you're using like way too many things. So um, I think it's good to keep it simple. Like I have a friend who she never wears makeup. She, she literally doesn't use skincare and her skin is perfect. Like, and it's same with guys too. Like, they never do anything to their skin and they somehow have great skin. And it's like, there's something to that, like simplicity to it. Um, and just not, you know, messing with your natural oil, oil layer and everything. Um, 
But for people like me who do wear makeup, it's like, well, yeah, you're going to need a cleanser and then you're going to have to get everything back into balance after you cleanse. So yeah, kind of a long tangent, but I guess the staples would be like a really good cleanser. Um, And something I learned along the way was that like acne is not, you not always caused because you're like dirty or have gross skin and never wash your face. Like I thought that for a while, but there's so many factors that contribute to it. But, and I was actually like over cleansing when I had acne. So yeah. And there's different types of acne too. There's yeah six from memory, there's six different types of acne and they can occur for different reasons and different systems in your body contribute to different types of acne. Some are internal, some are external and no one's acne is the same. <laughs> yeah, no, that's such a good point to make because it's like, you know, you just want to like scrub it off essentially. And it's like, you're, you might be making it worse. So, exactly. Yeah. So I just, a cleanser is such a big staple. I like oil cleansing um, because it's just kind of how your skin naturally works. And then like, um, like dissolves like. So if you're wearing makeup and you put oil on it, it'll kind of dissolve it off better versus like a really harsh foaming cleanser can sometimes like just suck all the nutrients off your face. Yeah. Mm. So, um, I love oil cleansing. And then I guess after you do that, you want to keep your skin like hydrated, happy and moisturized. So I usually will do, um, a toner, spray that on my skin. And before that completely dries, then that's when I will use like a serum or, um, you know, like I really like a hyaluronic acid serum or, say you need something like targeted for a skincare concern, like a vitamin C serum or something like that. Um, And that again, is not even like an essential step. That's like, if you want to take it up a level to use like a a special serum, Um, but you always then want to moisturize. So again, for me, I like oils. Um, And I know a lot of people get freaked out by like putting oils on their skin. They think it's going to make them break out and give them acne and everything, but Um, if you're using the right types of oils, they're super beneficial for your skin. And it actually helped clear my acne by using these special oils. So, um, yeah, again, like it doesn't have to be 50 different products, just make sure your skin's regularly getting cleaned and then you're keeping it moisturized. So clean, hydrated and moist. Yes. Hydrated and moist. I have to say that I used to use a toner. I made like reusable makeup pads. Um, For those who don't know, I'm a bit of a sewer. And um, I made them and I was using my toner like that with the, on the pad. And then somewhere I learned or I saw someone was using a spray bottle. I was like, that's a freaking genius idea. So I brought Whoa. a spray bottle and, <laughs> and put it um, and put, like literally put it in the spray bottle. I was like, life has been changed. Like this is like insane. And it just... It's just, I don't know why, it just feels so much more refreshing in a spray bottle. It um, does. But it's, it's interesting, you know, have, being an Ayurvedic coach and learning a lot about Ayurveda over the last eight years, everyone's skin is slightly different and, mm-hmm. you know, your constitution can sometimes contribute to that. But they generally use oils and I use oils. Like that's my go-to. Um but it can be really freaky for people. So I think if you're wanting to make that journey, maybe it's a good idea to learn more about your own skin makeup and your own skin constitution. And 
something I'll say about the skin industry, knowing also what I know about the food industry is certain companies make products so that you keep buying their product. Yeah. Like your skin get addic- gets addicted to it. <laughs> yeah. Like for example, the one that's like for people who have oily based skin and they use this particular wash that strips all of their skin of the oil when our skin actually produces its own oil and needs its own oil for safety, you know, and to create that barrier. But then that product like strips the oils and the body and the skin goes into like panic mode. So it produces more oil, but then overproduces it because it's always being stripped. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, but I brought this oiling product and my skin's even more oily. You're like, well, maybe it's the product. I know. <laughs> uh, that's what is so hard about it all. And it's like, it sounds kind of woo-woo, but like you just have to listen to your skin and pay attention to the signals. Like, you know, if you're trying out a new product, maybe like test a little patch of your skin. Don't do your full face and see if you have a reaction to it. Or um, I don't know. It's just, that's another thing too. It's like, well, this product might work for me, but doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see any benefits from it. So Mm. it's, yeah, it's not one size fits all when it comes to skincare and like, you know, some people have dry skin, some people have oily, some people want to just figure out their wrinkles. So it's like, that's where it can get so confusing, but I don't know, trial and error sometimes. It really, it really is. And I always like to say, Becca, that, you know, this isn't a race. It's, there's no like, okay, this has to be achieved and I have to work it all out in a month. Your skin health is going to benefit you for the rest of your life. And if you just take this, um, I call it the tortoise and the hare approach. If you take the tortoise approach, it's going to be a long life changing result as opposed to the hair result where you're rushing to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And generally you miss certain things on the journey. And because of that, you end up like yo-yoing. Yeah. You could say. Yeah. Um, but something that I definitely feel that people get really confused about is like, well, I really want to only buy organic products. So my, all my hair care has to be organic and my body care has to be organic and my face care has to be organic. And then there's also this stuff that's all about like, oh, this is a green product. What the fuck is the difference between a green product and an organic product? Excuse the language. Yeah. But it just gets so confusing. And then then I say, oh, this is a natural product, but how natural is it? So how can we, when we are choosing products that are ethical and also beneficial to our health rather than hindering our health, how can we choose products without becoming victims to like, I think you worded it in your email to me, like the greenwashing that happens in the natural product industry. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that for, for a moment. Yeah. So I think um, when it comes to like people who are more like, you're talking about like, um, you know, zero waste products and whatever, it's usually called greenwashing there, but then it can also be called clean washing when it comes to like beauty. So I guess the main thing for that is like kind of what we were talking about earlier, just always keep in mind that there really aren't regulations behind these terms that you're seeing. So the word natural, for example, like literally means nothing on a label. There's no one who's like getting certified natural. You know what I mean? Like it's, they can throw whatever they want in that product, even if Mm. it says natural on the label. So it's, you really just have to go into it being skeptical, which you know, like no one wants to have to do extra steps, but you kind of have to, if you want to try to do better with what you're using on your body. So 
I think um, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but like, just don't just assume that like, you know, it's a green label, it's says botanical and everything that like, it's, it's actually better. Um, a lot of big brands are kind of like, you know, like the clean beauty industry is getting bigger. So then I think these bigger brands who've been around for a while are noticing. So they're like, how can we be clean too? So they also like revamp their packaging and like throw words around. And it's like, well, you're, the ingredients aren't any better. You're just like trying to trick people. Same product, new packaging. Yeah. Like it happens all the time and people fall for it. So it's like, just be skeptical. And again, you have to go right to the ingredient list because that's where you're actually going to see like what's in the product versus how it's being marketed to people. So mm. yeah, it's, it's an extra step and no one wants to do it, but it, it will come second nature to you. It will become second nature to you after a while. Like if you just, for me, I can turn around an ingredient label and within five seconds be like, nope, not going to use this one because of this this, this two, three this, ingredients. Yeah. So it's at first it's more work, but you'll get used to it. And it benefits you long-term, you know, mm-hmm. you can't unlearn this stuff. Something that I, like a message on green labeling and packaging is if you're unsure, look up the brand and go to the brand's website, look up their ethos, look at, you know, their message, look at how the company started, look at how the company's run. Something I'm really passionate about is especially with nutritional products, you know, um, like I love good quality products after working in the industry. And so for me, when I choose nutritional products, I like to make sure it's a publicly traded company. Same with skincare. I want to make sure they're publicly traded so that anything that they put out there, it's public evidence and they're not hiding anything. So for me, that's something that's really important. Um, But then at the same stage, like when you're in the supermarket choosing food, and I'll use that as an example because everybody buys food. Otherwise, I'd be surprised if you didn't, unless you're the monk that can sit for 10 years in meditation um, without moving and you don't need to go to the toilet because you're not eating food. But with, um, you know, when you're in the supermarket, one of the changes, and I get asked this a lot in my coaching about like, oh, but, you know, isn't organic better? It's more important. The proof is in the nutritional panel and the proof is in the same panel on like skincare, right? So when I choose coconut milk, and I'm standing in the Asian section in the, in the supermarket and I'm looking at all the Asian foods. I'm choosing my coconut milk based on the ingredient list, not the packaging. And so there's different products that have organic and they have all these fancy natural kind of, you know, this comes from this part of the world. But then when you look at the ingredient list, it has more things on it than just coconut. Mm-hmm. So I choose a non-organic, um, a non-organic coconut cream there is a hundred percent organic coconut kernel and it doesn't have any other numbers in it. It doesn't have anything else, but it's not an organic product. I feel better buying a product that's a hundred percent that rather than an organic label. And it says it's an organic product with a few extra fillers in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point to make because again, it's like, you know, these labels on the front might help you gravitate, might help you gravitate towards things and like kind of pique your interest that way. But it's like, if this has like an organic certification, but is still using like, you know, those, that extra 5% of ingredients can be whatever. It's like, why not just use the thing that's not certified, but you're looking at the ingredient list and it's simple and you can recognize the ingredients. Like, yeah, it's almost like you just want to throw those certifications out sometimes. <laughs> totally. 
totally. And trust your intuition. If you pick something up and it's kind of like, oh, I don't know about this, put it back on the shelf and walk away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Becca, I've loved this chat so much. Like there's so many questions I could ask you because it's so important and uneducated and I feel this is kind of like a very shadow area in, in the industry of health. Um, but as we wrap it up, I have um, a question, a final question around skin health is what are your top three daily healthy skin tips? Ooh. Uh, There's probably 50,000 of them, but yeah. <laughs> top three, healthy maybe top five. Okay. Um, well, I just always try to drink a lot of water. I've noticed a big difference with that. So I guess that's not really like a topical skincare tip, but um, again, it's just a reflection of, you know, your skin's a reflection of what you're eating and everything. So, but when it comes to like, actual skincare itself. Um, we kind of talked about it, but making sure your skin's super moisturized. Mm -hmm. So I think people might use like a really fancy cleanser. And then if they're not like following up with keeping it happy, your skin's going to look like garbage after a while because it's like stripped of all of its goodness. So moisturizing is huge. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know. I wasn't prepared for this question. That's okay. <laughs> Um, don't pick at your skin. That's mm -hmm. a big one. I know that was hard when I was dealing with acne a lot. And like, you just want to like pop everything and, you know, get in there, but it's like, sometimes it can be addictive. Yeah. And you just gotta like, let your skin be, let it do its thing, let it heal. Um, sometimes less is more. So I guess that's a good tip is don't think you need to use 50 things. things. Yeah. 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 They're great tips. It's hard to answer that question because there's so many. It's kind of like people say, what are your top three tips for menstrual cycles? And I'm like, do uh, you have a day? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, well, it depends on what you're dealing with. If you have a more specific exactly. question, I can help. <laughs> yeah. I think in, in general, people today just get so overwhelmed by all the things we can do. And really, I truly believe that being healthy is simple. It's keeping things simple and uncomplicated. So it's buying simple foods. It's cooking simple meals. It's eating simplistically. It's using simple products. Mm -hmm. It's having a simple routine. It's when you make things complicated that you are looking for a result and have an expectation because you're looking for the next thing. And so the question of like, what are three simple things every day, you know, to help a healthy skin, like those things are, are so simple and everyone can do them, but the, the, the chances of everyone doing them are pretty slim. Yeah, no, that's totally yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. Um, how can all of our listeners find you and learn more about you? Because I'm sure they're probably like, oh my God, I need to find out what else she's sharing about skin health. So how can they find you, Becca? Yeah, so my blog is organicallybecca.com. And then I'm also pretty active on Instagram. So I'm also organicallybecca there. And that's usually where I hang out. Um, if you go on my blog, I also have a newsletter. I send out one every week. I try to include like tidbits and fun products I'm trying. I'm, I'm kind of like a product junkie. So I think people also can <laughs> get overwhelmed that way. Cause I'm like, there's all these cleansers and serums and stuff I love, but it's like, you know, again, you can keep it simple, even though I'm sharing a lot of stuff I realize, but yeah, that's the main place I hang out. So I would love awesome. if you come visit me well, there. I'm going to, I'm going to put all those links in our show notes and I would highly recommend going and, you know, checking out Becca and her, her feed. It's beautiful. It's like, 
it's very well put together. It's very um, eye-pleasing, I would say. Oh, thank um, you. Now, I do have, you're very welcome. I have one final podcast question. This is like a put you on the spot question. I ask all of our guests the same question. I want you to think back to, and we're totally switching gears with this, by the way, but I want you to think back to your first period. So young Becca, when she first started, went through menarche. And I want you to think of the three things you wish you knew then that you know now. So the three elements around your cycle that you wish you knew as a menstruating teen and tween that you now know as an adult that's been menstruating for years. So the first thing that came to mind is menstrual cup. I love my menstrual cup. I wish I started using that sooner because I have one here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> so it's, right. you know, I, I knew about them as teens, but I just thought they were like weird things that hippie use, hippies used. So um, if, if I could go back, I would totally use one because they're life-changing. Um, the second thing I think would be just to kind of realize it's okay to like embrace the ebb and flow of things. Um, you know, I think we're kind of always taught like, you know, you always have to be on, you always have to be ready, especially in like a more corporate or working environment where it's like, you know, you always got to be ready to go and be productive and be your best self. And it's like, you know, as a woman, we're not, that's just not how we work. <laughs> and that hasn't really been something I've really leaned into until, you know, I came off the pill and was um, kind of getting more in tune with my cycles. So that I think would be the second thing. Um, third, third thing I wish I knew. Um, I think just in general, this kind of goes along with the menstrual cup thing, but just the amount of products that are like marketed towards um, menstruation and everything are really not always that great for us. So like just the conventional tampons and pads and everything that are really bleached and scented and fragranced and all that and all the washes like the you know some of that stuff's just really not that great for you so yeah if I could go back keep it, keep it simple <laughs> yeah yeah I love those so beautiful menstrual cups it's okay to embrace the ebb and flow of things and really just keeping your cycle simple and also as natural as possible Yep. You know, because it's such a natural thing. So, Becca, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank I've you. I've loved talking all things skin health. Um, yeah. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Gemma. This was great. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.